trying to do laundry and do. <laughs> okay, remember chapter two? Well, we finished chapter two, and we are doing chapter three tonight. Chapter two was talking about spiritual intimidation. Uh, that was philosophy, was legalism, mysticism, asceticism. And as I was thinking about it, what's going on back there? <laughs> Sounds like somebody's sick back there. Anyway, um, you know, we've every one of us have been, probably all of these, we've had probably a philosophy that goes beyond what true Christianity is. We've had some legalism in our own thoughts and at one time and probably in, like the mysticism and uh, all the different things that, uh, you know, in the spiritual, spirituality, I guess you could say, uh, asceticism. You know, so we talked about all those. And we see at the conclusion is uh, all you need is Christ. And in chapter 2, in the middle of that, that's what it was talking about. It's, it's Him. It's Him alone. We don't need those other things to uh, intimidate us, uh, to make us change from what the truth is. Um, Christians really probably uh, could be less intimidated if they would spend more time with Christ to find out that He's really all they need. So anyway, that is what chapter 2 was about. As we move into chapter 3, we will uh, look at really what it is to live in the heavenlies. And it's really broken up in three tenses. The past, the present, the future. And four verses. Um, just to look in the past, look at Ephesians 2.6. kind of helps set this up here. It says that, uh, verse 5, when we were dead in our transgressions, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And then raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, past tense. So that means that it's already happened? Yeah. He raised us up seated us in the heavenly places. That's really our position. That's where He put us. It's a past tense. The moment you came to Christ is when you died as far as that sinful flesh is concerned and He made you alive together with Him. So you were, uh, at the moment that you died with Him, at the same time you were raised up with Him and given that place in, in the heavenlies. The Holy of Holies is where He put you. It's just like He ripped back the veil and you walked right into the presence of God. Now, you may not feel that way, but that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Um, Philippians 3.20 It's kind of helpful in that area too. It says, uh, Our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then it talks about the body. He will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of His power that He is even to subject all things to Himself. So there is the body. That's in the future. 
But right now, spiritually, we are citizens of heaven. And we will get our bodies transformed later. Anyway, that's kind of the idea that uh, what has happened to us, we've been translated spiritually, past tense. It's already happened. And verses 1 through 4 of Colossians says this, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Amen. Wow. <laughs> is that a great passage? You guys ever read that before? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Very familiar with it, right? I like that. <laughs> remember, I don't think I saw that before. Didn't remember quite mm. that way. Oh, no. Wow. Why don't we enter into the heavenlies by going to the Lord in prayer? Father, as we have read that passage and see what you have done to us, you have made us alive together with Christ, and we have entered into the very throne room of God. And that's happened spiritually. And we still await our bodies to be transformed into that glorious body like Christ. Thank you for this glorious passage, Lord, and may we glean from it some tremendous treasures from you tonight as we look at that great text. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, it is. This is a remarkable passage. I've always been overwhelmed by this. It's uh, like a diamond. It's like a jewel uh, sticking out in, right in the book of Colossians. And we've seen a lot of them. The book of Colossians about the supremacy of Christ, isn't it? He is supreme. And here it is showing the position that we have been put into Him. He is our life. So, we've already died. Uh, go back to Galatians 2.20. That famous verse... I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So, crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So we've died. Um, Romans 6, 3 and 4. Romans 6, of course, we've been hitting on this a lot. Uh, Colossians has talked about our dying, coming alive. 3 and 4 says, uh, Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into His death? Therefore, we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father so we too might walk in newness of life. So there is the death, burial, resurrection. Colossians says here, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, is meaning that 
before we were raised up, we had to die with Christ, according to those other passages. So when did you die? Salvation, right? When did we die? When did you die? Well, we were dead. (laughs) We're dead. How'd you die? Mm -hmm. Then you rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. And you took on what kind of life? Mm -hmm. Eternal life. Eternal life. He rose from the dead. You came alive to actually a a new dimension. Uh, We were in one realm. We were on one dimension before. Almost sounds like the Twilight Zone or something, doesn't it? Here you are in this one dimension, and just like that, this is how real it is. You became a new person. Now we all know that we're new creatures and everything. But boy, you start thinking about it. You didn't think too much about that back then. You knew you were saved, and what a change! But boy, you know, you think about it. Well, it was like a Paul. You know, a new when dimension. Paul had the, yeah, when Paul was on the road to Damascus. And then it, uh, exactly. scales came off of his eyes. It's exactly the same thing that happens to us. Like I said, you literally you're someplace different than what you once you've ever. Been. Of course, he had physical right. change there to so show what of, happened spiritually. Right. That's the amazing like, thing is, is when you're in the, the first dimension, you, you don't really think about yeah. it because you did. Don't think about anything else. There's nothing else. What else is there? And somebody said, I mean, Paul. Yeah. You're talking about Paul. Yeah. Paul was doing great. He was doing something. He was doing <laughs> great. He was zealous. He was following his heart. Yeah. And you know what he was doing good. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. never, never thinking anything There's else. no way to do it. Never thinking there was another right. dimension. Even though he was killing those or any other dimension. Yeah. So, yeah. you guys need to know that Colossians yeah. 3, first four verses are overwhelming. We, we just read that before here. Just got started and we're talking about this new dimension that just happened. We died, we rose with Christ, and we entered into the new dimension of God's heaven. Yeah. And so, you know, our I guess you could say our mind... Just at that very moment, there was a door. Can you imagine the change? It's, it's an instant change. You know, drastically changed. And now all of a sudden, our minds are open to God. They weren't before. Our minds are open to His desires. Our mind is now open to His will, which we didn't before. And so you died with Christ. You rose with Christ. We don't want to forget that. I mean, this is overwhelming. It's, it's great to know uh, your position in Christ. We're not going to get beat up today. This scripture, as a matter of fact, we are going to be highly encouraged and we need to remember what really happened to us at the moment that we became saved. I think some of us don't quite, because for me, it was there was already a, a kind of a search going on there. There was already a questioning... It was a pre-prepping for him to come in and open it up. It's the, oh, yeah. Yeah. There was oh, already, yeah. things were, <laughs> he already had you on the, there were things that were beginning to make you wonder, you know, what this life is all about and stuff. Like, there's things like that that were kind of going on at that time. It's like it was a pre, something was going on. It just, like I said, it wasn't just a, 
snap. It didn't it seem like. Right, because there was a lot of turmoil or something that was kind of already going on. But I'm guessing the yeah. instant but the instant it, it before did, it, the yeah. before the questioning. Right. Right. I'm thinking Yeah. You were justified, you were sanctified. Uh, you were made, you were put into Christ, uh, you were adopted, uh, you know, uh, this, this brought into the family yeah, of God. Seen, you couldn't yes. imagine all these things that happened. You just know that there was a change. Something's, Something's different. different. Yeah. But to really start thinking about what happened well, in sure. a moment's time, all of these things, and then, you know, we're, everything is really about Christ, you know, but we don't even know all that. All we know is that Christ <laughs> saves me. The whole issue is to live a Christ-conscious life because now we are placed into Christ. We're complete in Him. Well, see, we don't really think... You know, when you think about Paul, it's like he was on Damascus Road and fell on his face and the scales fell off and then he was a minister for Christ. But it didn't happen that way. He went off by himself... Yeah, he was off three years. It took him a while to figure things out. Too. <laughs> it was an instant Christian right. theology. I mean, he had to work at this. He had to study the Old Testament passages to find out what this was all about. And here he is writing such a passage here in chapter 3. Those first four verses are just illuminating when, you know, as long as I've been a Christian, it's like that even becomes more brighter than ever. You know, it's like that life was gone. I mean, when it says that you died, that life no longer lives. It is no longer I who live, Galatians 2.20 says, but Christ who lives in me. But do we go around thinking that all the time? No, most of the time we kind of forget that. I kind of go the other way. Sorry, Lord. Yeah. Sorry, Lord. That's why we need to be reminded constantly about the consciousness, you know, having that consciousness of Christ. Christ is our life. You know, it's not that, uh, you know, we have eternal life. We have life, but life, and, and Christ is really not having life. He is life. He is what life. So remember where your position is. Don't forget who you are. I mean... You have been raised up with Christ. Now you notice here that you have, here in verse 1, with Christ, you have where Christ is. Um, verse 3, your life is hidden with Christ. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, then you'll be revealed with Him. I mean, this is a connection with this great Lord and Savior. So don't forget who you are. And you're absolutely complete in Him because Colossians 2.10... Remember, Colossians 2 is about what? It's about philosophy plus Christ. Uh-uh. You don't need philosophy. It's not Christ plus philosophy, right? It's Christ. So it's philosophy. And then also you deal with legalism, right? In chapter 16, or verse 16, we got mysticism and asceticism. So those four things Paul covered. 
And then we go into verse 9. It says, okay, Christ, and all the fullness of deity dwells in a bodily form. Here's verse 10. And in Him you have been made complete. He is the head over all rule and authority. As far as God is concerned, you are complete in Christ. You need nothing else. It doesn't matter about all that other stuff out there. It's not going to meet your need. But Christ does. Everything is in Christ. You're complete in Him. So Colossians 2 really magnifies, and that's all right in the middle of all of those isms that come along that try to intimidate us. You know, oh, you must do this. We talked about the, you know, the, the Sabbaths and the special days or however it is to be uh, in a legalistic manner and all the self-abasement and such. So now Christ is magnified in that chapter where He says, don't let that stuff get to you. You've been made complete in Christ. You don't need anything else that's out there. It's Christ, Christ alone. So, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, if you're a believer, that's what happened. Total change, drastic change, a moment's time. Does it feel like it? Well, feelings come and go. go. Yes or no? But the thing is, this is really what happened if you are His. So, what does He say? If that be the case, then He says, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Okay, we were raised up with Him. Our spirit man is with Him. We are in Him. He's in us, right? He, But it says right here, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So, we'll first look at that. Number two there, He's our resource. Our resource is Christ who is where? seated at the right hand of God. That's a power position. We have everything available to us. We have everything pertaining to life and godliness. Second Peter says that in chapter 1, verse 4, I believe there. So, where is he at? He's the right hand of God. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 33. Another supporting verse. So what uh, Peter does in this Pentecostal message, that day that people receive the Holy Spirit, says as he's preaching along, and he's speaking about the resurrection, he says, therefore, he says verse 30, 32, this Jesus God raised up, right? Okay, there's a resurrection. And there were witnesses. We're all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God. So he was exalted. He was put up to the right hand of God. Uh, the throne room of God. That's what he's at. That's the power position, the right hand of God. I mean, he inherited the, the highest position that it could possibly have been. And just shortly before this, he had been crucified by man. Of course, the resurrection happened also. 
and the ascension. So Peter gets that cross there where he's at, and Peter knew that. He's exalted. He's at the right hand of God. Uh, so he's the resource, isn't he? I mean, he's in the highest position that any person could ever be. And what you seek is there. You, you, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had a relation with a president or a governor or a senator or somebody who's had uh, political power. Probably not. But, it, you know, it's like, boy, you know, if you really knew them and you were really good friends, you might have some special favors that are given to you, right? You know, what kind of job can they give you, right? What kind of... Anyway, the resource here is an endless fountain. And he gives you everything. We go into his presence to receive it. So, a resource... Look where it's at. He's a fountain. So now we go to uh, where it says, keep seeking the things above. Um, kind of back up a phrase there a little bit. And then he says, set your mind on things above. We'll come on yeah. back with that too. Keep seeking the things above. That means the, the word there in the Greek is to continually be seeking those things. Always. Constantly. Uh, making the pattern of your life, it's like saying, be preoccupied with heaven, the things above. Let this be your life's drive. Mm -hmm. Don't let the outer realm out here in the world, even though we have to live in it, and you know we have to function, but at the same time, don't forget really where your power and everything is all about anyway. To be preoccupied with the things above or heaven. Be constantly, be being occupied with this kind of thought. So, if you can really go there and stay there, we can rise above all this stuff. The only thing is, that's where our flesh likes to drag us back down. And so we've got to go right back up in the heavens. How are we going to do that? Well, that's what he's going to explain here coming up. Um, think of heavenly thoughts. Think of the one who reigns there. You know, I think of the kingdom of God, and sometimes I think of uh, Jerusalem, the streets of gold, and how glorious that place is going to be. The beauty is going to be tremendous. But that's not what we're even talking about there either. It's to be preoccupied with the one who reigns in the city, that person himself, Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, I find interesting about what you're sitting there saying from what we dealt with last week. They'll, people will tell you you can't do this. And they'll try to go back and put all those other things on you to do those instead. That make, you know, those philosophies and everything. Philosophy, legalism, so, mysticism, yeah, asceticism. They will always keep handling that and they will never handle you this. That'll bring you down right out of the heavens. And that'll depress thinking. you or tell you you didn't make it or you're not good enough or... But it's something to do. See, but it makes you sit around thinking about <laughs> heavenly things and being holy is nothing. It's you don't really do anything. Well, actually, it's not. I mean, you pray and you read the Bible, and but I mean, if you could go out and 
do you know, help people and stop eating certain foods. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do stuff. Yeah. That's what people want. They want to be and able where, to where certain, do stuff. Where Man, I, I totally understand that. I want to do something. Sitting you around, reading like and praying and chill. You mean, you mean you want to look like Sophie? No, I want to do something. I want to feel like I did something. You want to look like Sophie? So what happens with that? There's nothing I can do and it's really hard. Because you can measure that, can't you? Yes, so yes, physical yes. here. Yeah. You know. Look at all I did. I mean, I yeah. gave to the poor, and I worked at the, the, you know, building houses, and I fed people, and look at all I did. This is really great. I feel good about me. Mm -hmm. I'm all right. I'm good, doing good. But I can't do anything, and it's really hard to just... Do what he tells you. Yeah. <laughs> just that. Just that. <laughs> and get no well, credit for all this cool stuff. Well, the, you, you know, the things, of, the things, <laughs> things of this world, whether it be religious, like the, what's that, maybe? You want your rewards here or in Yeah, I know. <laughs> a little bit of both. Anyway. We, live, we live by faith and not by but he, but he also really sight. does do that, though, too. He also but does give us What do we get preoccupied with here in this That's world? That's why it's so easy for people to drag you away like that because, you know, it's really human. Answers <laughs> that fleshly need. Money. We get preoccupied. That was my very first yeah. one I was going to be put out. But obviously, you know, we have to get. We have to take care of ourselves, right? Celebrity status. That's a big one. Yeah. I'm serious. That's why I want to get rid of Facebook and Instagram. What do you look like? That's depressing. We forgot. It's been a few years for us to build on that one. So it's what you look like, what your money, what your society is around you, and of course the society. What makes you, what makes you, who you are, yeah, by popularity. Yeah. You know. That that's exactly right. You put all that together, and that's the earthly values. Mm -hmm. Even though some of those things are important in how you, you know, you move around in this in this world as we live it. But we're not pre. We're, we instead of being preoccupied with the things of heaven, we're preoccupied with the things of how people value us. Right. 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 And how we value the money. Because, you know, we were so worried, concerned about how we're going to take care of ourselves, whether it be a car or a house or, you know, different things that we have to get, right? We get consumed with it. Clothes that, that we have. Mundane stuff in the world is really what it is. So we can't really offer to the world anything but a heavenly dimension when we're so stuck on that. We're, we're not too sure what it really looks like there, do we? And the first thing he tells us to do is what? Deny thyself and take up the cross and follow me. You gotta do it. You gotta but when you're worried pay about your bills and you I mean that's you know Yeah. And so that's easy to get dragged into that too because you know, it's like yeah, but it's got to be the right job. It's got to be the right yeah. this and that to do that kind of stuff. It's a prestige thing. That big prestige yeah, thing that's running up in there. It's not even that so much. you gotta, you got to take care of yeah. your family. So, right. you know, you want to take care of them really good. <laughs> so then we want it a little bit better and yeah. a little, a little bit more. Yeah. We serve. Where, we serve where are we consuming? Little. 
our minds to them. You know. uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. So that's the first priority really in a Christian's life each and every day. Sometimes do we forget that. Yeah. How about First Chronicles 22? Chapter 22, verse 19. Sorry. This is the seeking thing where it says, keep seeking the things above. Okay, keep, you know, this is a hard thing. This is what we can do. First Chronicles 22, 19. Just like what Jesus had said when He said it on the Sermon on the Mount. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Here He says, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Set your heart. Wow. Because here in First Samuel chapter sixteen, verse seven, um, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I refuse him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And this was right before they picked David and they had Jesse's kids lined up. Right. But yeah, I thought of that as you were talking about that. It's, um, it's definitely, we're also here talking about money and finances. And I learned a really interesting lesson today about money and finances. And uh, after work, I was planning on going and getting like a burger at this restaurant. And I was in the car and I had been fasting all day. Um, and, you know, fasting has been helping me to overcome certain temptations. And um, so I've been fasting all day, and then I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go into work. I'm going to go and buy this burger that I've been wanting. I've been thinking about all day. I have the money for it. I get that. I look. I count the money as I'm in my car. I'm going to light. I count the money. I put it in my little container. I get there. I, get, I put the money in my pocket, get out of the car, shut the door. And then I turn around. Like after I start walking towards the restaurant, I turn around. And I'm like, wait, and I turn around, my trunk's popped open, so I shut it, and then I'm like, wait, where's the money at? And so I'm searching my pants pockets, because I know that's where I put it. It's not there. I'm checking my coat pockets, it's also not there. I'm checking my other coat pocket, my backpack, and I'm checking my car, I'm just thinking like, where did this money go? Like, it's just gone. And so in that sense, like the Lord gives and He takes away. Took that away pretty quick. Bless the Lord, right? And I know it was the Lord. I know it was the Lord and not my own foolishness. Because I get home, I take a shower, and when I get home, my sister had already ordered pizza, so I just had pizza instead. And then when I go upstairs to take a shower, I'm like almost fully naked. Don't need that. Yeah. Okay, keep going. So I'm putting on my clothes and I put on the jacket and all of a sudden I hear the sound hit the floor and I turn around and there's the money on the floor. Mm-hmm. I search my coat. I search my car. I search my backpack. I search all my pockets. I had nothing on me until after I had like gotten dressed and then it hit the floor out of nowhere. Yep. And that's just been like... And the Lord said, Avail, save your money. <laughs> well, I, will, I will say this, though. I was frustrated when I couldn't find the money. I was frustrated and upset. I had more money, but that wasn't the point. The point was I took out a specific amount of money 
to get what I wanted, and I didn't. <laughs> when it was time to go and get what I wanted, it was the money wasn't there. Uh -huh. And it frustrated me, and I even said, like in my heart, like, "Lord, return my money." <laughs> I it's said not funny. that. It's not funny. Give it back. <laughs> it's not. It's really not. Because I stopped to think about when somebody came back, like how selfish those words were. Like, how, like, the kind of tone I had in my heart when I said, like, give me back my <laughs> As if I own it. As if it really belongs to me. You know, because I didn't have it anymore. It was gone. Mm -hmm. Like, it, I could have just went the rest of my life and never have received that money back. So, you know, we value the materialistic things until they're gone. And then, you know, if the Lord is willing, He brings it back. If it's so precious enough that you were going to eat. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Even that. Not only that, but like, my heart that was invested, I feel like the way I responded about it was kind of like angry, frustrated. Yeah. And I feel like that's a wrong way. Like I handled that wrongly. Like maybe I was valuing the money. Remember that next time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> next time, Mel, you think that you, think you say, you are. next time you say, if the Lord will, I'll yeah. have that hamburger. Next time I'll say, Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Right. <laughs> or in this case, uh, and all these things that will be added, was pizza. Yeah. Right. Which is also funny. <laughs> it was kind of funny that I get there and there's pizza available. <laughs> so you get to I could use that been, money for something else. I could have been stubborn and hard-hearted and just walked into the restaurant with more money. But I felt like I felt like that would have been wrong. Because, like, you know, I felt like that would have been wrong. I'm kind of glad I didn't do that, but I, I definitely feel like my heart was not in the right place. Well, seek the things which are above. <laughs> what are they? Well, spiritual values that are really at the heart of the glorified Christ that we know uh, think about tenderness, kindness loveliness patience wisdom, forgiveness and most of all love you know, these things are the qualities those are the spiritual values that are above Keep seeking the things above Christ is. Like what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those kind of things. Those are realities. Those are the bounties of heaven. You know, the, the fruit the bounties of heaven. Those are the things that just fill the heart of Jesus. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 13 is called the love chapter. Of course, that love is defined a lot differently than anything that the world says today. But I mean, it wraps all of that. It's the greatest of all the gifts. And of course, that's Christ, right? That's what fills his heart. And the more that we spend time with him and thinking upon him, then we are programming our mind. And as we program the mind, we start, we think right, those actions start coming out of us. The fruit of the Spirit is not only inside us, but it's lived out. It comes out and it becomes a blessing to everybody uh, that's around us. As we spend time thinking on Him, 
That's what protrudes from our lives. Set your affections on things above. As he starts off in verse 2, so he says, keep seeking things above. That, that's like, okay, you already have done that. Keep doing it. Hey, wake up, wake up. You know, it's like that. Do it. Oh yeah, forgot. Seek the things above. Now verse 2, set your mind on the things above. Now to seek, here's how you seek. You set your mind on these things. Right? This is, he said, well how do I seek this? Well, your mind. The word is phroneo. That is uh, dealing with thinking. The mind and its thinking. You have to program your mind to think on these things. How do you get into the heavenlies? It's by your mind. That's how you get into the heavenlies. It's not by your body, but it's by your mind. So we go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2 verses, and we read something that we're very familiar with. They say, oh, this is how you... Seek the things above. This is how you get put your mind on the things in heaven. What you say? Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice to accept, uh, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship, and do not be conformed to this world. There we go. We've, we've already been talking about the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind from it, oh, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. All those values there. It's the will of God. It's the purpose of God. It's the mind of Christ is what it is. So he set your mind on the things above. That's, of course, it's the whole Word of God. It's thinking on these things. The more that you fine-tune it. It's what we're doing right here, right now. We are, we're renewing our mind. We need to be reminded always. We forget. We can be right in tune with it and say, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, I agree with that. Yes. But you know what? It can be minutes later. It can be hours later or the next day. And we forget these things. Keep Doing this. Keep seeking. Set your mind. Keep thinking on these things. What is it? Philippians. Uh, is it chapter 4? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like this. Yeah, verse 8. Finally, brethren... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Dwell, what does that mean? Set your mind. Live. Think on these things. Things you've learned, received, and heard, and seen in me. Practice these things. And look at this. Here's a promise. The God of peace will be with you. We live in a world of turmoil. And here it is. This is how you beat the world. 
This is how you beat the flesh. This is how you beat the devil. You know, that was Philippians 4, 8, and 9. I don't know how many times I have used that verse on myself, but also on others. I've, I've countless times. You know, here's what you do. Put your mind on these things. That is putting your mind into heaven, isn't it? Dwell on these things. Keep seeking the things of heaven. What are they? Well, think about these. These, And this is things that are of Christ. Dwell on it. These things you've learned. You already know. The, you've heard these, haven't well, you? The first one. You received it. You heard it. You've seen it lived out. He says, you practice these things. Like you'll have God's says, peace. Think on whatever is truth. Mm-hmm. True. And we're not taught to do that in our society. We're, we're taught to think of self. How you feel. How you've been treated or how mm-hmm. you've been... Yeah, it's all it's all That's this. All philosophy. And, 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 it's there you taught go. On truth. truth is, and tr- what is truth? Truth is what does God's word something say? And it's kind of your point of view. Do you always have that point of view? Is there something wrong with that? That just made me think, as you look in chapter 2, where it was the philosophy, mm-hmm. the legalism, right. all that other stuff. And here he says, here's it's where it's truth. at right here. That's not truth. This is truth. Think on this. You can beat it. You can beat the, beat the enemy. It'll tell you where you put your emotions then. So, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth, right? on earth and he reminds us again just like he did in verse 1 for you have died Romans 6 right and here we go with this next phrase I love this and your life is hidden with Christ in God this means we're joined to the Lord we're hidden in Christ Uh, we're concealed from the world they don't really know who we are. Uh, what's that? <laughs> Is that the truth? <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? They really know who we are when they're persecuting us. Yeah, they don't want to know. 1 Corinthians 2.14 1 Corinthians 2.14 Natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, he cannot understand them because they're spiritually appraised, but he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have that. Don't always use it, but we have it. Problem with the mind. We don't always use our minds. We use it for the right things anyway. That's why he's saying, think, set your mind on these things, renew your mind. This is how you get into the heavens. You know what he's saying? For you have died, your life is hidden with Christ. Now, my life is concealed from the world. You know, they don't know it, they think I'm just like everybody else. You know, they, they don't know what I know, they don't know what you know. Uh, the world doesn't know really about us. The natural man understands not the things of God. 
they have no idea. We'd love to get it to them, mm-hmm. but they can't get it. And some of, that's what's even trickier. Some of them would even say they know Christ. That's that philosophy up above, up above They do have it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there's the one who was embraced by legalism, right? And the philosophy that, that he had. Asceticism? Yeah, asceticism. Yeah, These churches, you know, they're preaching a gospel that isn't the gospel. You know, they're preaching bits and pieces of it to make people feel great about themselves, but they don't have the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's like another philosophy there. Yeah. Yep. So, it's no wonder. It's like, it's, I don't know if it's really their fault or not. You know? Because they got a massive church and a lot of people are just kind of going to them for spiritual guidance. You know? So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think the Lord leads those of us who truly are believers by the Spirit to be in a place where we are taught. <laughs> because, I mean, through college, I searched through a lot of different religions mm-hmm. trying to find the truth and found none of them to be perfect or none of them to be feeding you. <laughs> right, until I ran into Dennis. Mm-hmm. And then that's the first time I felt like, well, finally, the Lord <laughs> put me with a teacher who wants to teach all of God's Word, not bits and pieces of it. Right. Well, it's not because just by accident that we run into any of us. No, right? he, he guides our, he puts us where he wants us to guide our steps. I just about every church in Jefferson City when I first got here. I finally said, I don't need any of it. I'm done. I'm done. I don't like any of them. They're all liars. They're all hypocrites. And then God sent me to Dennis. By the time sister, we had, by the body of your sister Cindy, going, can I bring my time. sister with me to Bible study? Yeah, and I wasn't there to learn. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was there to argue. Yeah. But what's really? Did you ever stop? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What's good no, is didn't. that you we know, didn't you, take you that way. We took it somebody that was hurt. But you know what? We know exactly what we're all saying. We're, we're saying it's about God's word. Yeah. Really, it's. It's not about me. But it is right here, you know, and to be faithful with the word, as we look in, that's the only thing that's going to change us. And here's what we all know. As we sit here and talk about these things, we're we're going, I understand what you're saying. Everybody's saying, you know, different things, but we're all saying the same thing. It's because we're all hidden. We're all hidden with Christ, right? Not unbeliever. Cannot, they can't get that. Okay, but we desire that they do. We want them to be hidden too. It's just like a bridegroom, who, or let's let's talk about the bride. The bride used to. I don't know if they do it anymore. Do they have veils anymore? Do they even do that at weddings? I mean, they have them on the head. Yeah, they don't really cover them, do they? But used to, that's what they would do. The bride would always have the veil. And nobody could see idea. her <laughs> until whenever they were married, what happened? So let's get rid the bridegroom the bridegroom take the veil and lift it off, and then all of a sudden everybody could see. Well, that's what's going to happen. 
when we look at verse 4, when Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him. When we come back to this earth with Him in all His glory and the glory that He gives us, it's just like the veil has been taken off. They will be looking and seeing the bride and the bridegroom. Obviously, there's been a lot who have died. Will those who have died also see the ones that return? First Thessalonians four sixteen and seventeen. Those who have died first will be resurrected from the grave, and then all who are alive then will be raised also, and they will get glor- they will get glorified bodies. So the ones who have died, like all through the Old Testament like time the old, period, I don't talk the non-believers. Are the non-believers going to see, realize who, and realize oh, who that, the that died? At that time? I have don't to wonder. Hmm? Don't they already know? All I know is they know that they're on the wrong end of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you know? I think of uh, the rich guy. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's a good point. He knew. He knew. Yeah. He didn't have to wait for Christ to rise. To and he knew off. that those guys were in a much better position. He's still trying to order that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to wonder. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, I think. Well, it does say that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that is even unbelievers. You know, that's not going to save them, but they're all going to say that. So, who knows when, you know, and how that will be, but I think it will be made very evident to them. I think God wants to show His glory. And He's going to show it off to, you know, you can imagine all the angels, good or bad, they can show them to all. You know, in, the, unbelieving in, in, the unbelieving world as we come back. And, it's kind of a crazy, yeah. crazy thought there because, you know, while we're still alive, babies are still being born. You know, people are still having children and children are being raised. And, you know, everyone, at that point, it's like there's not going to be any more. More. It's going to be, that's it. There's no more babies being born, no more babies being made. Everyone who was and is and is will be there. That's after the millennium. Ah, that's like that's it. There's like no one left who will be born who won't know who the Lord is. It's like it's, that's the perfect time like, when all the elect that have been elected. Just like fathers, everyone who's ever been is there. You know, good and bad. So, we're hidden with Christ. Now, it closes out with Christ and this is the future. Have you seen the past in this text? Have you seen the present? Okay, in the past, we were dead. and he, he raised us up with Him. That's past. The present is keep seeking things above. We talked about what seeking is. And here's the future. When Christ, who is our life, by the way, just a quick note on that. When Christ, who is 
our life. Therefore, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's not about me, is it? He is our life. Uh, He doesn't just give life. He is life. He gives Himself. And He is life. He is love. He is all of that. So, you know, and we're going to be manifest with Him in glory, revealed with Him. It's a beautiful statement, isn't it? Uh, Lightfoot said, The veil which now shrouds your higher life from others, and even partly from yourselves, right, will then be withdrawn. The world which persecutes, despises, ignores now, will then be blinded with the dazzling glory of your revelation, your revealing. I live by faith. Soon have sight. What's the center of your life? That's the whole idea here. It's, It's Christ, isn't it? And Hudson Taylor uh, was a man who lived so much in the presence of God, quite a missionary to China. He began to feel the great heartbeat of Jesus for lost souls. So it's not not saying, hey, they're, you know, they don't understand us and all that. He says, the burden of Christ became my burden. See, he lived in the heavenly so much that he began to feel like. Jesus felt. So it's like, yeah, boy, we want them to see who Christ is, that He is life. So we get to see our positional. Isn't this encouraging? These four verses tells us what happened to us instantly, moment in a moment's time, we were changed and never to change back to that. And our position will never change. And then, presently, we are to keep seeking where He put us. You know, those things. And then the future is telling this will all come into a physical reality. Spiritually, here's what's happened to us. We live in the heavenlies. Where's our citizenship is at? Philippians, Philippians, what did it say? Our citizenship is in heaven. And then the future you'll be revealed with Him in glory. Second uh, Corinthians 3.18 We wind up on this. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord the Spirit. He changed us in a moment's time and He continues to change us and makes us more like Christ. Father, thank You for this evening. Thank You for the special verses that we have. Definitely a diamond that sticks out in Your Word. May we live that section out, Lord. Help us so that we can live a life that is going to show Christ our life, our peace in our own lives to ourselves and others. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.